0: Catch a pitch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches
1: Panel. Dane Zorko
0: here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johanison from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans.
1: It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. And you're listening to the Coaches Panel. That's all normal football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. And you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. We hit the teams today of the 50 most relevant. Number 19. Last year, forward eligible. Now, defender. Western Bulldogs' Caleb Daniel. Up until 12 months ago, he was as close to irrelevant for salary cap formats of the game as we could kind of expect, maybe outside of his cash cow year. Now, he's one of the best defensive options for us this year. To talk about Caleb Daniel, for a second time in just a couple of days, i am got him back from the Dr. Supercoach podcast. i got Chizo. Hello, mate.
0: Oh, thanks, MJ. I
1: feel like a regular now. Oh, well, you know.
0: I feel feel quite at home chatting to you.
1: You're not cheating on the Dr. Supercoach guys coming to have a chat, (laughs) so that's fine. They do do some great work. If you love your Supercoach content... Always want to make sure you go and check out the podcasts and the Patreon work these guys do. Let's talk about Caleb Daniel. 23 years old. As a defender, he had a career best year with the role change. His best score last year came against the Magpies in AFL Fantasy. It was a one thirty-five. While in Supercoach, his best game, he had a couple of good ones, but it was a one twenty-four against the West Coast Eagles. In terms of averages... He's not one of the cheapest defenders this year. That's how good his year was. 93.7 is what he did in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. And just just missed out on cracking the ton in Supercoach. As such, he's going to set you back just under 540k in Supercoach, just shy of 700k in AFL Fantasy and $677,900 in AFL Dream Team. And Chizo, we talk about this guy with such a, a drastic role change in the preseason and while he's always been a really strong user of the ball and and quite a handy wingfield, you know, wingfield, midfield and wingman and forward for the Dockies. That's a new one. I want to see Bruce McAvaney <laughs> use it this year. Um, it is He's always been so good, but gosh, this move to the back line elevated him and his fantasy footy scores last year.
0: And, you know, uh, the people that were watching him closely sort of predicted this off the back of 2018, because mm. in 2018 um, was when, you know, Bevo really decided that his excellent decision making is something that they could use in the back half. Um, and so going into the preseason, there were already a couple of us with our eyes open just to see, um, you know, exactly what role he could have. Um, and he's gone from the three previous years averaging um, a very consistent 21 disposals up to nearly 27. And, and you know, that extra um, disposals that he's getting is just purely from that role. And so staying in that back line um, with his excellent decision making, you know, he's just so perfect for what the dogs need that I just don't see his role changing in 2020.
1: Yeah, we, we talk about the Western Bulldogs and a player that we re- revealed earlier in the 50 Most Relevant in, in a Josh Dunkley who we think's a superstar of the competition we saw last year when he's given the right role. Gosh, he can score. But there's always still that doubt about some Western Bulldogs that will Bevo change his mind and move them on? Yet it's interesting there's not that much concern amongst the fantasy community that Bevo's going to pull the plug on Caleb Daniel this year. Is that just cuz he played that role so well in your eyes Chizo with both distribution of the ball by hand and by foot, setting the forward movement of the ball up for the doggies that it's like well, why would you?
0: Well, that's right. And when we're talking about, you know, the way that the doggies, you know, kind of change different players' roles from season to season, you have to ask yourself is there a second role that this player could play sufficiently? Mm. Um, and you're looking at the likes of uh, Bontempelli, Dunkley, uh, and these kind of guys, McRae. Even um, they have extra strings to their bow. They're big midfielders, big body. Yeah. Uh, you put them in basically any situation uh, on this whiteboard, and they're going to have a positive impact. Yes. With someone like Caleb Daniel, we've everyone's talked about, um, you know, his physical constraints, but being a person um, of his stature means that he has to excel through different means. He has to be elite by foot and by disposal efficiency, and he has to have elite decision-making, which he does. And where do those things lend um, probably the, uh, the best in terms of uh, the dogs? You can either have someone like that coming out of the back half, sending up those mm. chains that uh, you know transition to inside 50s, or you would have someone like that um, kicking into the 50. But um, we saw last year that Caleb Daniel transferred from someone that was delivering inside 50 to out of the defensive 50, and he was just so good at it um, that I you'd have to be crazy to say that Bevo is just going to completely step away from that plan because he was so reliable at what he did.
1: Yeah, he was. You talk about those 27 disposals a game going at 80% efficiency. He averaged five score involvements per per game, four marks, six rebound 50s. And from the 70 games he got last year, when we look into the numbers of Dream Team, AFL, Fantasy and Supercoach, gosh, he was just consistent. In Dream Team and Fantasy, he averaged just shy of 94 6 tons, a couple of games where we went 120 plus, but just the 4 games beneath the 80 marker in Supercoach even stronger from his 17 games. 99 was his season, seasonal average. 10 tons, a ceiling of uh, just two games over 120. But again, that nice high scoring floor with just the four scores beneath 80 all year. I suppose, Chizo, when we're picking the guy that's ranked sixth in terms of averages across all formats, it's probably not his scoring ceiling of consistent high hundreds that we're picking him for. It's because we know what we're going to get week in, week out when it comes to Caleb Daniel.
0: Well, that's right. And, you know, when we're logging on for the first time and we're picking those players um, just to fill out our teams to begin with, you know, who we look for, we look for those really sexy players, don't we? We look for the likes of James Sicily that can put out a 150 two weeks in a row. But the problem with players like that um, is that they firstly draw attention Hmm. and then secondly, they tend to have a low floor. And I think floor is overlooked so often into um, over you know say ceiling, people will see that one fifty, but they won't see the fifty next week. Yeah. Whereas with Caleb Daniel, the thing that you know is the allure for him, for my side in twenty twenty, is the fact that I can guarantee every week he is going to be. Um, you know, putting out a score that is not going to cost me a head-to-head game unlike someone like a Sicily would.
1: Yeah, and I think that's important for coaches too is we can get caught up with the, yeah, but it's all about ceiling. It's all about ceiling. And and it is about ceiling. Absolutely, we want that. But we do need consistency in our sides without it. Gosh, our our weekly scores, yo-yo, week-to-week, in a ranking sense, that might not feel as drastic. But if leagues are your primary focus that can make life a bit difficult for you. What I really like about him, you talk about these really attractive picks to guys at time of recording, some of the super coach ownership numbers, just drilling in that format for a moment. Um, in terms of Jake Lloyd's got about 30% ownership. Zach Williams up at 23. Rory Led he's, he's up around 19. Sam Docherty, everybody feels like he, he's picking him. But when you look at the ownership numbers of Caleb Daniel, again, ranked six for average last year. He's sitting at a pretty lowly five percent. That's a great unique point of difference in your starting squad.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and that that just goes to show that a lot of people look at the ceiling and and the the, the flashy players as opposed to the consistent, boring. Uh, I liken him very much to a laird in that respect because yeah. he's just you know consistent week in week out. Um, and you know, there's lots of positives that we could talk about, Caleb Daniel, but um, there are two. I wouldn't call them negatives, but just things to be aware of. Yeah, yeah, questions. Um, we've never seen a full 22 game season out of him. We've seen uh, three years previous he's uh, gone 20, 20, 20, and then last year he's gone uh, 17 with a couple individual injuries. Um, and also last year, the fact that he was taking so many kickouts, which is great, um, particularly in Supercoach with mm. the new scoring system where you get points for kickouts, but we've seen his kick-to-handball ratio go from 1-to-1 to suddenly 1.8-to-1, yeah. that he's, you know, he's leading so much more by foot that if they suddenly have one, uh, let's say they give the ball to uh, you know, like a Matt Suckling type um, to start taking a higher percentage of the kickouts, tool, suddenly, particularly in Supercoach, he's losing a lot of those points, and his kick to handball ratio is just going to, you know, come back to an even keel, which may impact his scoring. Um, but if he keeps the exact same role and keeps playing on from the kickouts, then I I can't see any problem with picking Caleb Daniel in your starting squad.
1: Yeah, he picked up a lot of his um, points through intercept possessions, and and while they're very different players, I am fascinated to see what the impact of an Alex Keith, who's quite renowned coming from Adelaide as an intercept marker, um, what impact that does, if any. Again, very different players, but that's where Keith does build up a number of his possession points coming through. Do they want to keep Crozier, who kind of filled in for Caleb Daniel, kind of as that key district? Distribution role. Did they like what they saw out of him? The great thing is, I can't see a world where Daniel's not solidified in that back six. It's all just about how does this all work together? But I really think if his low ownership keeps staying at this point, especially when you look at guys like Laird, Sicily, and Williams, who he shares the buy round with, who will all be up and are up 20% of ownership right now um, across most formats. Caleb Daniel could be that perfect, unique guy that can score parallel to them, but just could give you enough of an advantage in a couple of games.
0: Yeah, generally. And I'm not one of those people that would advertise, you know, picking a point of difference for the sake of yeah. point of difference. But Caleb Daniel is genuinely an option that you should be considering. And if by some, you know, miracle he's so severely under-owned that you can get him at a 5% ownership, I just see that as an absolute win.
1: Yeah. At what point do we? does ownership make a, a direction for you again? We We want to pick guys because we believe they're the best available to us. But when does it for you, like, what, is, is 5% the tipping point? What, where is it for you, Chizo, that you go, okay, I've got these two guys, I like them similar, but I'll take the guy that might score one or two points less because he's in 30% at less teams. What, what's that point for you?
0: I, I genuinely have no hard and fast rules. You sure. know, you hear people about having like a never again list, and then suddenly someone on their never again list averages 100, and you're like, well, I wasn't allowed to pick him. <laughs> I think you should always keep your options open. Yeah. Um, And you should be picking the player that you genuinely think is going to be the high scorer. Yeah. You know, it, 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 percentage wise should be one of the last factors you come in. But if you, if you're tossing up between two, I see no. Um, inherent reason why you would um, definitely go for the, the lower um, percentage. I always try and pick the, the, uh, the player I think is going to be um, uh, the highest scorer overall. The positive thing was if you had any queries over one player, we see a lot of people, you know, let's take an Isaac Heaney in hmm. 2019. Everyone was picking Isaac Heaney over a Josh Dunkley because Heaney was higher owned And so they were thinking that was going to be less risk. Well, if you're not picking the player that you think is going to score the highest, then you're not making the right decision irrespective of what um, percentage of ownership they are. So um, apples to apples, uh, you know, I I, I don't look at, ownership percentage but it can be a really nice you know cherry on the cake if you pick this point of difference because a you think he's going to score higher and then b he's just really under owned
1: yeah it's good call man i think he's a ripper option for us across the formats this year and if he's not in your starting squad certainly you need to be tracking how he goes uh, throughout the season he could again be one of the best available defensive options for us where does he go in drafts, though? That's probably the big question. Given he's ranked sixth in terms of his seasonal average, he's probably, Chizzo, someone's D1. Is, is the second round too early for him in, in formats, or, or is it dependent in part of what's happening in your draft?
0: Well, definitely, you know, if, if someone in your league starts to defend a run you're probably going to pick them earlier. It's, it's the same with the ruck run. As soon as the ruck run starts, you're trying to jump on. Um, with Caleb Daniel, as you say, you probably are getting him in at D1. Um, you know, imagine if you got him at D2. Oh, my that gosh. It's <laughs> just a steal. Um, but I think probably the second round, you know, you know, somewhere in the teens is a little bit too early for someone like Caleb Daniel. Yeah. I'd be looking to stretch it out another 10 picks or so. Um, and and maybe lock in someone like a a Fife with your, your first selection if you could.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're pretty much on the board there, mate. Hey, appreciate your work,
0: Cheezo. No worries, mate. Thanks for having me on. I will just going to make my bed up in the spare room, hey?
1: Yeah, mate. We'll bring you in in a couple of days' time, I'm sure. If you want to go check out the great work he and the team at Dr. Supercoach are doing, you can go and grab their podcast content from wherever you get your podcasts. And you also get exclusive content that they're working uh, through Patreon. You can just search for Dr. Supercoach and you'll be able to find that. The number 18 of the 50 most relevant gets revealed tomorrow and it's an absolute belter.